You're listening to the Full Time Podcast with Matt, Alex, and Marcel. Hey guys, uh, Full Time Podcast is back with the A League uh, just after our Asian Cup um, special had finished and the Asian Cup has kicked off with missed round 10 uh, on purpose due to clashes uh, with the Asian Cup and the schedule just being very hectic. Obviously, with their, their summer of football, their summer of heroes, they've done quite a lot. But uh, as far as today's podcast is concerned, I'm just joined today by our, uh, our very own Phoenician prince, Marcel Aboud. So uh, how are you, Marcel? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, I mean, it, it really, it's getting to the point where I think, I, I think this whole summer festival of football thing that they've had running for a little while now, you know, I think it's just been a, starting to be a bit of a hindrance because you barely know when most of these fixtures are on. You don't really pay attention to the fact that a lot of these fixtures are coming daily. And there was no no better um, example of this than when the Newcastle-Brisbane game was rescheduled from round 12 to uh, the other day, and pretty much no one knew about it. You know, it's it's, it's very it's actually kind of frustrating. Um, yeah, I think it is too. I think it's like I've got my whole own issues with the FFA and their marketing and whatnot, but... If they're going to promote this uh, period of like the summer of football, the summer of heroes, whatever they want to call it, and they're trying to target families to come down during the school holidays, don't get me, don't get me wrong, it's a good demographic to target, but surely there's some sort of advertising. Like Only if you follow the A-League do you know that these games are on. If you're meant to target the everyday casual family and fan, you know, no one knows really what, what's going on. Like... Like, for example, on set, like, I know we'll probably get into it a bit later, but there's only 7,000 people that went down to see the Wanderers and Melbourne Victory play on a Saturday, and that's a big game, that's, that's, and nobody went. It's one of the, it's one of the big draw, draw fixtures, you know, there's, there's usually at least 20k going in that game, but I think, mind you, the weather did, did play a part as well, but... Oh, it did, heat waves in Sydney. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And, and, and uh, the rain and that, but, um, just, it, it's, it's just particularly frustrating, I guess, because if you ask... Anyone, and, and whether it be someone in the TAF group or just any A-League fan in general, they're probably the only people that, for one, are actually seeing these ads because they're just nowhere, on, to, to be honest with you. And, I mean, even those that love the game, that love the league, that want to support Australian football, don't don't know that these fixes are on. It's just like, oh, crap, there's an A-League game on. And, like, with the, with the FTA coverage, I mean, I've, there's obviously been a lot of cricket and tennis on the likes, and I've just been flicking through having a watch of, of both the Big Bash um, and the, you know, Hotman Cup in this past week. And I totally forgot there was an A-League fixture on, and I was just channel surfing, and I saw Wonders in, in Melbourne, and I was like, oh, wow, yeah, of course, the A-League's on. You know, because yeah, you're, you're used to... Let, 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 let me ask you this question. Outside of the internet and outside the normal platforms... So in real life and like outside in, in in the real world, have you seen any advertising for any of these games? I'll tell you what, at Perth's main train station and at my local shopping centre, I've actually seen like those those like uh, I don't know what you call them, but like those not so electronic boards where the thing sort of shifts over. You see them at like yeah like, yeah. I've seen yeah. a banner that says Summer of Heroes with um with Sam Kerr and Andy Kiawana. It's like purple and orange. So it's obviously targeting you know Perth fans, right? Uh, well, I can tell you in once. Sydney, I I've, I haven't seen anything. Yeah, it's it's it. All I've seen is just on the usual platforms. <laughs> Outside of Fox Sports, there's nothing. Mm. And it's it's just you just got to wonder if it's actually becoming a bit of a hindrance because I think if you stick to the traditional weekend, um, 
you're better off and, and maybe maybe you're better off I know it might be a little bit a little bit controversial but if you get a team to play on a Thursday and then on a Sunday and sort of compact that that weekend a bit and just get a bit yeah, more I think, think that would be better it's because playing the game playing the games every day it just gets exhausting and and you know not enough people care um, and I think crowd numbers have seriously been affected because we've only had we've only had three fixtures with uh, five digits throughout rounds 10 and 11. So it's been a real, real disaster. But anyway, we'll get into it. And uh, what we're going to do for today's show, as we've just been discussing off here, is we're just going to go team by team. And uh, we're not going to go in alphabetical order or anything like that. We're just going to go in the order of, uh, of when they played in round 10. So we'll start with uh, the victory and, funnily enough, end with their crosstown rivals, Melbourne City. Uh, and with that, we will start on the victory, who in round 10 played a 1-1 draw with the Phoenix in, um, I wouldn't say a, a particularly dull game, um, but uh, one that the Phoenix were maybe lucky with and one where the victory didn't take their chance uh, chances. rather. And in round 11, of course, that game at ANZ with a poor drawing crowd, as you pointed out earlier, Marcel. Um, look... Ola Toivon has been, been scoring goals, and that's great. Um, but uh, Victory have just lost confidence from somewhere. And I, I wonder if uh, those that, that midfield pairing of Antonis and Tracy have been a bit downtrodden since the uh, the Socceroos debacle. Would you agree? Yeah, I think it, that's probably some of the factors. Look, I to be honest, I was very surprised that Troisi and Antonis didn't get selected for the Socceroos. Mm. Um, and I also think that the fact that um, Honda is... Not available. He has a hamstring injury that's going to pull him out for another four weeks, if not mistaken. And I've been hearing uh, reports that the physio that is assigned to Honda hasn't seen an injury, and I quote, in about in like injury like this in about thirty years. Jeez. That he had. Yeah. So it's it's a very specific injury that this particular physio, apparently he's very experienced, has not seen in his 30 years, like he hasn't seen in 30 years. So he's been obviously doing this for a long time and he hasn't seen it in about 30 years. So, wow, that's all I can say. And I, I think they're a bit, I wouldn't say deflated, but I think they miss that the, the presence of having someone like Honda in the middle of the park that can just, by his very nature, is very commanding, very um, influential in the game. Uh, influential is a, is a definitely good word there because he's, um, he's really, you know, standing up and, and um, helping those other players in the team, those those local players in the team. Um, and injuries and, and, and the likes um, can just kill that momentum and and, uh, and kill that confidence for, for, for the individual. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm noticing a bit more of a trend where I guess we, we both look at the victory in Perth as the highlight team's um, and then even Sydney in third, who you could still kind of argue are a better side. Um, but they're still, they're not actually consistently impressing us. Most of their performances, you just sort of look at it and think, meh. And I think it's um, it's one thing that the league has gotten to a point where it's looking more even, um, and that top six is looking very competitive. But I, I think these top sides have just sort of dropped off a bit, and it's kind of disappointing. Um, Look, I, I think that Melbourne are doing victory are doing enough to scape by. No, no, not even scraping by. They're not playing the best football, but they're yet they're still getting results. It's the same with Perth. It's it, yeah, they're just grinding out these draws or these last minute winners. Like against uh, the Wanderers, they only won two uh, one. And mind you, Wanderers, like which we'll talk about a bit later. Just absolutely abysmal right now. I got like my own issues with the Wanderers, but they've just been completely abysmal. And the fact that it took them late into the game, I think it was the 84th minute, Toivlin had to score his his second goal of the game just to put the game to bed. You know, 
you know, can victory be there at the top of the ladder come season's end if they keep, I won't say struggling to put out results, but, you know, a one-all draw against Wellington Phoenix. Mind you, they are a very resurgent Wellington Phoenix, but you expect a team like Melbourne with the quality of the victory that they have in their squad to kind of put these games to bed. These are the games you need to be winning and winning convincingly. Yeah, look, uh, you know what? I guess we'll move on to Wellington now because um, with that particular game, I think it's the same with those those big teams um, where I think Wellington themselves just were very composed and uh, although they played poorly, um, although they... Oh, sorry. Although they... Oh, my God. Sorry. Uh, although they played really poorly... Um, they definitely had enough in the tank to sort of win the game and frustrate victory in certain parts of the field. And um, you know you, you have to look at you have to look at um, the performances of, of Sapreet Singh as of late and uh, and and Mandy who's been all right. Uh, has Mandy actually got got injured for uh, the round eleven clash? Yeah. Was he close both? Yeah. Right. So. Um, you know they're 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 more or less just riding a bit of a wave at the moment, um, and it's worth noting that with them in sixth now, uh, there is quite the buffer with them and the Jets, who have obviously played that twelfth game that they got against Brisbane, which of course we'll get to. Um, but it now means that um, you know they they might uh, again not really sure of the schedule and who they're playing next, but they might uh, might get a bit compo- um, complacent rather is the word I'm looking for um, as of late. Well, well, that's the thing. This is the first time in. God knows how many seasons that the Wellington Phoenix have actually had some sort of form, and they're actually competitive. You know, for the, for the longest time that I can remember, Phoenix has just been the whipping boys. You know, it's them, usually them in the Central Coast. Like, you know, they're the teams that you find form against them. But now, especially, or not obviously not the Central Coast, but Wellington under Mark Rudin and you know Stephen Taylor really re-energize this side and they're going to be the ones that are going to cause a lot of trouble and they are causing a lot of trouble like as I just said earlier you expect a team like Victory to win a game against the Phoenix like this but you know they had to escape all with the one all draw and mind you that was a magnificent goal by David Williams oh oh scored. yeah um, I think uh, you know those those old boys at the front especially uh, the likes of the likes of Burns and Williams um, oh actually less so Burns Burns has actually been pretty trash but um, I think a lot of people in that lineup, a lot of those older fellas in that lineup that we doubted, um, are really, really. Um, uh, I guess we're, we're just turning, turning a bit of a, turning a bit of a. Uh, what am I trying to say? We, we just we have a new opinion of, of these guys. Yeah. That, that they're, they're turning a new leaf. They're, they're turning a new page, new yeah, leaf. Exactly, in, and I don't in, know in our opinion of the Phoenix. I, I don't know like the perspective um, of Rudan or, or the system or what, but they're doing very well. Okay, so let me ask you this question. Now, there's this, um, let's say, air of uncertainty that surrounds the Phoenix, mm-hmm. okay, because of their, their licensing and whatnot expiring next year. If they continue to perform the way that they do, do you still see them as a viable entry into the A-League? Look, uh, this, this question was posed by Alex a, a few weeks ago, was it, was it not? Um, I think... You know, you can't deny them if they're going to make the form and, and make the finals um, a spot in the league. I think that that's just being really harsh. And, and to be honest with you, you know, they've, they've done their bit to develop Australian talent as well. Most of their signings, um, if any, have been have been local local Kiwi players. They've signed the likes of Max Burgess and uh, a couple of others. I just uh, names escape me. Uh, yeah, like there's it, probably too many of them. To, there's to been a lot of Australian signings. So pretty much you've got an Australian manager, one that's come out of the NPL system, mind you. You've got... Uh, local signings, and you've got a team in the finals. You can't really deny them a spot for mine. 
Well, that's going to be the argument, I think, when it comes when their licensing expires, because I know that the FFA have certain metrics that they have to follow, and not only is results one of them, which I think they're clearly ticking that box now, there are other, you know, I think there's like membership and crowd attendance and uh, uh, some, some other metrics that I'm, I'm just asking if they meet the competitive metric but don't meet the, say, crowd attendance metric, do you think that they're still a shot to stay in? Yeah, look, the, league? the what, the six 7,000 that they're getting is just about on average um, at, the, at the moment. The crowds have, the crowds aren't at like an all-time low or anything like that, but um, honestly, uh, sides like Adelaide and Perth, um, despite especially Perth being a, a very, very... Um, Decent team at the moment. They've just been drawing an average of somewhere between seven and twelve, and it's just about been the same throughout the league. Um, so you know, despite Wellington probably being one of the lower teams in terms of that attendance metric, they're still pretty much on par, especially when they're when they're uh, playing well and playing against a side that draws like a victory, or um, or a, or a Wanderers. All right. Well, I'm just look. I'm just hoping for their sake they can keep this uh, streak of form they've got. Because you know it'd be nice to see a different, not necessarily a different team, but different angle into the finals. Yeah, because uh... we're because we're already about almost just before the halfway point of the season, and it's good to see them picking up form. Yeah, no, exactly. But um, but then the question becomes, how stale does the league uh, become after you know the Wanderers and uh, the Jets who are in seventh? If they if they continue this gap in between, and then let's face it, we've got the Mariners who are going to have the worst season in A League history, just about. Uh, the Raw, who are pretty much stuffed, um, and the Wanderers, who are pretty damn dire at the moment. I'm sorry to say myself, but um, nah. uh, pretty much it's going to become a, a case of the, the Phoenix are only there. And I really hope people don't don't point, don't point this back at them in a negative sense. But it's going to be a, a case of the Phoenix will be in the six because of the divide between sixth um, and the bottom four. Well, we just hope that the bottom half, so the bottom four, uh, become more competitive like your Jets. Look, I can't see Central Coast making it at all. Brisbane are going to need a shot in the arm somehow. But I honestly think if it's going to be a team that's going to shake up the finals, you know, you, you, you'd hope that the Wanderers and Jets will be there to, to make the sixth place competitive. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, with that, we can move on to Sydney FC who defeated Brisbane and the Mariners, and uh, given the status of both Brisbane and the Mariners, as we just pointed out, kind of a bit underwhelming. There wasn't a total dominance. Yeah, they beat Mariners by three goals, but for mine, they they were they were shaky in certain periods. They still conceded two. Yeah, well, yeah, that, that's that's one thing to point out. But I mean, they did score five. So you know, if you want to hold if you want to hold that mentality, they they did well enough. Um, you know, they let the Mariners in at certain parts of that game, and Brisbane also came very close. So it's something that you could perhaps be concerned by. But look, it's two games at home, uh, two games at Cogra, which really isn't your traditional home, and two decent wins, I guess. Two routine wins, if you want to put it that way. Um, look, they they aren't the big boys anymore, but uh, if they're going to continue to get the job done like this, you know, it's it's perhaps, perhaps good enough and um, definitely good enough for a home final. Um, if you're looking at it from that angle, Adam LaFondra came back into the action, um, putting his golden boot credentials right back up there with uh, the two against Brisbane. Um, although, albeit one was a penalty, wasn't it? Um, yep. uh, did he score one of those five? Because I honestly, memory doesn't. Yeah, he did. He did. He got, he's actually well, the fastest player to score 10 goals. Yeah. 
Okay. So the quickest player to to reach the ten goal to the ten goal mark. So he's got ten goals in eleven games. And uh, you know, I, I mean, he's a class player in in my opinion. But I think um, it, it is still it is still quite uh, quite a shock to the system because he was having a bit of a lull period there, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. There was I think a period of time where he's he scored. He, he didn't score for two games. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's bagging braces and and like you know really good goals just to put his name uh, up in lights there. Well, well, think about it this way: that he's on ten. Adam Taggart's on nine, and Taggart, most of Taggart's goals have been penalties. Yeah, geez, about, what, five or six of them? Yeah. Okay, yeah. And then all of a sudden there's a talk about him becoming contender for Socceroo striker position. Yeah. Mate, you've got to score more than penalties oh, it's, to, 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 to be in the national team. It's disgusting. It's honestly disgusting. <laughs> yeah, look, with, uh, with Sydney FC again, um, I mean... Are they going to be in a situation where we, you know, talking about the Phoenix having their divide between six and the bottom four, um, and perhaps this is just the, the crappy nature of the A League? There is there just the fact that we we are saying that Perth and Victory are far better than them. Are they going to be in a position where they're sort of stuck in third because they create their own divide? Are they they're, they're they're too good for the likes of Adelaide and City who are really shaky at times. Let's be honest. Um, particularly particularly Adelaide uh, as of late, although, you know, you know what, they're pretty much in the same category. Forget I said that. But, um, you know, they're too good for those two sides and they're too weak for the likes of, of Perth and Melbourne who will just always find a way to win. So they're creating their own divide in third there. Well, I'm actually going to say that City are going to finish third. Uh, really? Yeah, I, I don't know. I well, see um, this, I wouldn't call it resurgence, but kind of air of now confidence behind them all of a sudden you know they've settled they did get the joyce versus um funeroli situation and mm. big rumors that funeroli is out he's either going to the wanderers or national in uruguay want him so that's been settled um and just watching them play against the wanderers on new year's day you know you can tell that that look they still need a, a an out and out striker i don't think uh lucky wales can do it on his own but i think that Sydney somehow are going to slip because they don't look the most confident or the most stable right now. Um, they're not the Sydney of old, and I think this City side are just going to just pipe them in for third place, maybe by one or two points come season's end. I'm still look. I'm I'm still doubting about it. Yeah, they got their two wins in round ten, eleven. Do you want to break the rules here and just move on to City? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Mentioned enough about them. All right. So uh, they got their two wins this uh, in this round ten and eleven period. I keep trying to call it a week, but it, it was obviously more than a week. Um, you know, the, the win against the Wanderers is one thing, because, again, the Wanderers are in a really dire situation. Um, again, I, I'm sorry to say it. And uh, no. New Eden themselves, quite shaky, um, not in the top six. And, uh, you know, they, they, they got the win with not a whole lot of confidence, really. Uh, the red card sort of paved the way. And uh, and then even then, they, they couldn't capitalise after they got the second goal. So, you know, I, I, I wonder I wonder if, uh, if City themselves are really over the top on confidence and can make a run for that third spot. Because for me, I think th- I think this is the impetus to start it. Like, yeah. Obviously, you're defeating two lower lo- lower league sides right now, uh, but just the way that they move is much better than what they were when this whole, uh, like I said before, the uh, Fornaroli Joyce fiasco was happening. That's settled, and I think now that they can move on with their business and they can go forward. And look, I honestly think they're going to be they're going to finish third because they need to finish in an Asian Champions League spot because that's the City Football Group's ultimate position. They want to be in Asia. And so far, they in the in the club's ex- or the City's existence, um they haven't been in Asia. And I think this is the season where they need to and this is Joyce's last season as well. 
So he needs to really make an impact. Yeah, we're, we're still having that debate about about Asia and and and, and youth development, and um, yeah, it seems to me that they want to go around more that that youth development track. But then uh, you know, does Asia become a part of that and whatever else? And yeah, look, it is confusing, and uh, perhaps uh, the side at the moment are really reflective of that. But um, more so, I, I guess, you know, I mean, you mentioned the likes of uh, Romy Nasherin that you've been big on in the last couple of weeks, and, and Lockie Wales, and, and these guys that are really, you know, um, propping up and making a name for themselves, which is great. But, um, you know, I just I just wonder if that's something that you really want to ride on, and, and they still haven't confirmed, they still haven't said to, to the media or anyone that, that, you know, this is more the path we want to take. They've just sort of done it through bits and pieces, and I don't, I don't really appreciate that, um, in, in honesty. But if, uh, if I'm honest, if we're looking at it overall, uh, there's still questions to be asked, and I don't think that uh, third um, is something that they can strive for if they continue going the way they are. Well, here's another another question. There's a rumor that Luke Braddon's leaving City to go to the Wanderers. Mm. Okay, mind you, he sc- uh, he scored against the Wanderers. No, sorry, he scored on the weekend. Sorry, um, that fantastic goal. Now. If Braddon does leave, who could be a potential replacement for them? Because, you know, even though he may be on the outer with City, he's a, a vital cog in their side. So who could you get or who could City look to to replace them? Just, just, I'm, I'm guessing they're just going to bring someone in from the academy because that's how they've been going about everything at the moment. But So you don't, you don't think they'll dip into the transfer market at all? Look, no, um, not with the way things are going. Um, and you know, Bratton is probably one of those one of those key indicators that will point out to us that yeah, they're going around that that youth route without really confirming it to anyone. They're just gonna they're just gonna do it because that's how they're preferring to do their business at the moment. Um, with Joyce at the helm, and that's how they're preferring to identify themselves as a club. So look, I think I think Bratton will go off and and hopefully. Hopefully, you know, Bratton himself, just, just personally for him, because he has had his struggles and then the City transfer and he wasn't actually up to much and, and um, he hasn't been able to actually make a presence at City, but maybe that's with, with, with Joyce. So I just hope really personally that wherever he goes, he's happy. But um, as far as City concerned, I think they'll just pick someone from the academy. Yeah. Well, I just want to point out the game against the Wanderers. Mm. Who? I'm not sure if you saw how, they, how the Wanderers conceded the goal. They conceded from a throw-in. Mm. I want to know how a team concedes a goal from a throwing from a throwing restart as in the assist was the throw yeah yeah um like that's that, that's like amateur stuff that's like all age men division four kind of stuff the stuff that i play yeah that, that, that's how you concede goals we'll get to it we'll get to it in the run where the wondrous section we'll move on now to brisbane uh, just keep things rolling here. The Raw themselves, as we said, a bit of a good fight back at Cogra, but didn't get the job done. They actually ended up playing three games throughout this period because the round 12 game that was rescheduled um, away at the Jets. A 2-2 draw, a good physical, in fact, an incredible match. Um, just didn't get the, the coverage that it deserved because no one knew that it was on. Um, no one even pretty much other than the Jets fans and the members themselves being perhaps told about it knew that a game had been rescheduled because I honestly didn't, did you? No, no, I didn't know that was really no, at all. No, exactly. Um, but anyway, they got the draw, and it was a, it was a terrific contest. Don't get me wrong, Roy Donovan putting uh, putting um, the uh, the raw uh, putting the three points away from the raw. Pretty much, they uh, they couldn't get the job done there, but they did a very good fight, especially as the away side. Uh, and then and then and then and then and then it all falls apart. Uh, you take a two 0 lead against Perth. You're feeling confident. Taggart's scored a penalty, so you know one of the goals is pretty much legitimate. Uh, but you've got that 2-0 lead, two-goal lead. You're feeling confident. You're um, you're really wanting to bounce back, especially after the Aloisi um, saga goes down. And to be honest, with uh, with coming within one goal of an inform 
uh, semi-informed Sydney, that should be noted, uh, and having that terrific fight back against uh, against Newcastle, you're really wanting to make the statement, you're back at home, you take the 2-0 lead, and it all falls apart within about 10 minutes, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. oh, jeez. Like, uh, I mean, again... If, 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 if you look up the word capitulation <laughs> in the dictionary, you'll find... The Brisbane Raw that, logo that, that young, in in that game. That young kid, uh, Aaron Reardon. Um, you know, uh, it's just unfortunate for him. He was doing so very, well, very unfortunate. Doing so well, and then um, yeah, the own goal goes in, and, and Perth just opened the gates up. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, they're actually impressing me in the sense that we, they themselves and the fans now are convinced that their squad is, is, is rubbish when, you know, uh, they were being overly confident. They have taken the dad's army tag off and going for more of a youthful flavor, but it's too youthful. If that makes sense, it's, it's not, uh, it's not a well-planned out academy. It's just kids for the sake of kids being in the lineup, but to their credit, you know, they've bounced back from the Aloisi thing. They've fought well in Newcastle. It's hard to go to Newcastle at the moment. They got the point. Uh, and you know, they showed very confident, um, very, very, you know, they showed signs of, of good confidence against Perth, but then capitulated. Um, do you know, are, are they, are they more of a chance to fight with the Wanderers, uh, and the Jets for more of a seventh spot or are they really down with the Mariners? Cause, um, you know, they're impressing, but they're just not doing enough to, to, to make a statement, are they? Look, I think we'll find out after this particular round that's going to be played. So round 12. Because Wanderers play Wellington, and I'm not too sure who uh, Newcastle versus next, but I think these this summer period or this summer of football, heroes of football, whatever you want to call it, um, is a key time for the Jets and for the Wanderers and for Brisbane. So depending how Jets and Wanderers go, will be predicated will we'll predicate Brisbane's uh, future in in the season, because they're all at that point where they're like, we need results ahead of us on top of us to fall so we can advance. But those three sides need to see uh, points on the table. Like you can play you can play your heart out, but what's gonna matter at the end of the time at the end of the day is the the score at the end of the game. So you can have like seventy seven percent possession, you know, have all these shots on goal, but at the end of the day if you lose, you know, two nil, two one, you've lost. You don't get any points. You can play fantastic football, but you need points at the end of the day. Yeah, and um I guess uh, one thing that we need to, to discuss as well is, is um, who do we think can, can actually get the best out of a lot of these guys? I mean, they've got Botak in the system, they've got Mork in the system, they've got Taggart in the system, guys that on their day can stand up and and, and, um, and be a leader for some of these younger kids. But uh, the, the manager, therefore, needs to become the person that... Um, that, that, you know, can get those guys in the right mentality. So so do you have any particular manager managerial candidates... Look, to be to be fair, I'd like to see the Bentley Greens coach, uh, Jonathan uh, Aspodiatis. I can't if um, apologise if I mispronounce his name, but he's the one that's put Bentley through the FFA Cup into the semis every every uh, season. And in the league, they actually finish uh, in the top half, like in the top two, top three. I think we need to see more promotion of the NPL coaches because I think Rudin has planted the flag for NPL coaches to come up. But then again, you could implement an international coach. I can have a foreigner um, come in. But me, personally, I'd like to see more NPL-based coaches is, make the step. What did you make of that uh, that drama with uh, Robbie Fowler saying that he wouldn't mind coming to, uh, to make the Brisbane? Look, Robbie Fowler would be... Look, it, it, it's, it's, it depends how you look at it. 
publicity wise, it'll be good because he he he'd be he'd be a good young coach if you want to call him young young in terms of managerial experience. The only thing is he's only managed once in Thailand. Um, can't remember the team back in 2012, and they didn't do so well. Mm. He's put his name out for a few coaching gigs in England, and um, they've all more or less said no mm. because he does have this kind of reputation as being a bit of a larrikin, being a bit of a joker, not taking uh, the game not 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 seriously enough. But he still has that larrikin tag from when he, back he was in Liverpool in his days at Liverpool. Yeah. So I think he's still kind of struggling to shake it off a bit. It would be good for him to kind of plant his feet here and maybe say this is the start of the Robbie Fowler coaching uh, career. Yeah. But with, regards to, still, his, with yep. regards to his ego and his attitude, um, you know, I think that's one thing. But um, he definitely is an individual that has a lot of respect and understanding. Yeah, Ali. of course. He's, yeah. he's a Liverpool legend. He's a Liverpool legend. Um, but, you know, having been here with the Fury and, and Glory a good, what, nearly, nearly a decade ago, um, he's he's someone that actually will care about the league, and and for me that's um that's that's nice to see. Correct that's, me if I'm wrong, but did he not leave Perth halfway during the contract because of family issues? Uh, I, I believe he did leave under under some sort of circumstances like that. But if you if you've seen like his social media or anything like that, he's talked about the A League openly, and he's given it a bit of an audience. So he's someone that that cares about the league. What about Carl Dodd? That's probably a name that some well, uh, people people haven't heard of in ages. Yeah, Carl Dodd has put his hand up. I was going to think of, um, and I don't know if he's still in Saudi Arabia, but I highly doubt it because he's appointed. Carl Dodd is the head coach. No, 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 I'm not, refer- Guam sorry, National not referring to Carl Dodd. I was just leaving, leading, leading on to my own point. But um, oh, sorry, I don't know if he's still in Saudi Arabia. He moved to Saudi Arabia in about 2016, but he was a legendary manager in the MPL, Mr. Arthur Pappas, and he was on Fox Sports for a bit. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, he's he's still in Australia. I think he's in Australia. He, I can't remember for what team. Though. Because it's it's for me it's it's uh it's at the point where it's a bit of a miracle that he hasn't actually been an impact uh, manager in the A League at the moment. He's one of the better better managers on the Australian scene. Someone that understands, loves the game, and um, if the backers want a really smart investment, really looking long term, I think you might go for an Alpha Pappas. But to tell me more about Cold Dog. So Cold Dog is the he was the high performance manager of Brisbane Raw. Um, for a bit, and then basically became the head national coach for Guam. Now, Guam has a population of about 500,000 people, so you could basically fit all of Guam into Randwick Racecourse uh, in Sydney. Um, And apparently he's moved them from rank 208 to 192nd in the world. Yeah, they uh, they played they played. uh, I was looking just looking through it the other day. They played um, Iran in qualifying and uh, lost. Honestly, like I'm not taking the piss here. They lost a respectable six 0 to Iran. Yeah. Um. So you know. Well, like, the, considering other... the quality that Iran have and or what Guam is made of, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, it's not not a bad result. But look, no. would you would you hire if you were the Bakaris or if you were a Brisbane Raw fan? Would you want Carl Dodd as your head coach? If he if he's if if uh, if he's if he's eager enough for it, yeah, I'd, I'd go for it. But um. I think someone like an Arthur Pappas, as I've just pointed out, you know, knows the game and will it be a good long-term investment. If you want the publicity stunt, go for the Fowler. Um, and if you want to pick some unknown uh, local lad on the Queensland scene, go for it. Just, um, you know, whatever happens, just make sure that the team doesn't become a farce. Because <laughs> I, I remember they, reading a comment that Carl Dodd was, uh, I forgot who, where I saw, maybe the SBS World, uh, World Game page, that he was just a, he's just a glorified personal trainer. Okay. 
Well, but I don't know. Look, look to be uh, fair, I don't, don't really follow the Brisbane rule that much, and yes. especially the ex players. So who knows? Maybe maybe it's changed. Maybe if he does get a shot, could surprise us all. Oh, definitely. And um, I, I think uh, it's it's worth noting that um, whoever it is, uh, they will have quite quite the work on their hands. So it's a matter of whether Robbie Fowler, for example, was actually put in the effort and realised the job that's ahead of him. That would be sort of nice because you don't want to go for the publicity and and uh, and then have this team that just becomes a bit more of a farce. Um, you know, they're, they're not going to get as bad as the Mariners, um, and that's that's really unfortunate to say that, but they won't. Um, but that doesn't mean that they can't regress. From where they are, so the appointment really has to be, really has to be emphasising on on um, trying to m- get the most out of their current squad, which is obviously quite an underwhelming one. And what about their current coach, the uh, the interim coach? I think he's doing a pretty good job. Darren Davies, yeah, Darren Davies. Um, I uh, I gotta be honest, um, I didn't know a thing about him before that Sydney game, but he impressed me, and um, you know. He's obviously, you know, got that tight result with uh, with Newcastle, got the tight result with Sydney, had the 2-0 lead against Perth. It is what it is. I'm going to look at it positively for the meantime. So, uh, yeah, who knows? But uh, we'll, we'll move on. Um, we've been talking about this for a while. So uh, the Jets are up next. And uh, the Jets have definitely been buoyed by Roy O'Donovan, as you can tell. Um, he's he's uh, on the board with, what, two goals in two games? Yep. yep. That's a pretty good return for him. No, it is. But, um, you know, they, they uh, the game against Adelaide, again, probably... Just a case of, um, yeah, they actually put a good 26 shots on uh, Adelaide, if I'm not wrong in that one particular match. But, um, you know, they couldn't, they, the inac- the, they were, what am I trying to say? They're inaccurate. And uh, I think that's coming through a bit of inconsistency from um, from that transition to from, from midfield to attack. Uh, the likes of Jair um, have been just sort of inconsistent. And it's, uh, and Alex pointed it out uh, the other day, you know, that they're, they're they're really relying on, on a few players who are having really good spurts, but then going off and, and not finding that consistency. So do you think that'll be a, be more of a problem? And uh, again, with regards to this sort of divide, do we think they're stuck in a divide or are they still a good chance for the six? I still think they're a good chance for the six, but they need to find consistency and they need to find it fast. They've got Roy O'Donovan back. He's literally their uh, impetus, their instigator. And as you, you know, he's come on, he's scored a lot of goals for them. <laughs> If, look, I, I'm of the opinion that if he had started the season normally without the 10-game ban, they'd be easily fourth right now. Mm. Because if, if they're playing this current in this current way now, and he's only been back for the games that he's been back for, if he were to play that consistently across the whole season, I honestly think they'd be as high as third even. Maybe a bit generous third, but they'd be at least fourth right now. You'd see Wellington in seventh. But you'd see Newcastle really giving it a fight. Um, now, with me, if you get an import over uh, into your squad, that player needs to be better than the current position, the players you have in that current position. Now, with Jair, he's he's been very much hit and miss, more miss than hit for me, and he really needs to get his move on in 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 this Jet squad if they are to fight for the finals. Yeah, uh, that you know, it, it's 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 really that those those midfielders that uh, for mine need to step up um, because if, if Rio Donovan's finishing off and proving to be lethal lethal um, almost immediately, but you look at you, you look at it statistically and there's still there's still obviously something missing because the balls aren't going in and they're not they're not causing a lot of defenses trouble. So the the problem there becomes the transition in actually getting. Oh, perhaps it's a chemistry thing. Perhaps we're being too harsh. Perhaps it's a, it's an issue of of Roy 
having to understand players that he hasn't worked with before because obviously it's it's a new squad of players. Um, some players are out of position and um, you know Ernie has been found out, so he's having to to try new things. And when you when you really factor it all in, it's understandable that Nui are having the problems that they're having. But I think um, you know it's it's disappointing that that Roy can still be be hitting the mark as he is and, and Nui's struggling. I mean, look at it; they've they've played these three games now. Um, what the round ten game. Uh, they lost to to Adelaide, who have been mediocre in themselves. Couldn't get the win against uh, Brisbane again, pretty mediocre. And uh, you know, City, where I guess we're divided on City, but they they go to Melbourne and they get the loss against City. So, you know, they 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 need to they need to sort it out. Um, and you know, they still have a fair bit of time. But um, if they want to make the finals, they got to make that uh, run and prove that uh, they can be lethal. Okay, look, we'll move on pretty quickly. We're um, going. Uh, going quite over length with this. So we'll move on to Adelaide now. Now, Adelaide and themselves, Marcel, really, you know, they're lacking something. Um, and, uh, you know, the mediocrity has, has been around for a while now. Marco Kurtz, um, he's doing his best, um, especially with limited attacking options here and there. Um, but, um, you know, it's just, where can they go? Because they're, they're seriously, they're, they're inconsistent. Um, where they where can they go? They need to go into the transfer market and they need yes. to get a striker yeah. ASAP. Yeah, but I'm like they, they it's seriously. Not, it's not need... just striker problems. You can't you can't just point it down to striker problems. They're inconsistent all across the board, and it's it's kind of frustrating. I mean, you know, you can you can put the fact that you had 32, 32 shots against Wellington and something like four on target. You can put that down to striker problems, but you know, <laughs> at the end of the day. There needs to be more of a consistency. It's just what I've pointed out with Newcastle. There has to be some sort of chemistry. There has to be some sort of transition where you can actually be pushing it through and making this a, a little bit more lethal because that that percentage from from shots to shots on target is is just it's there's no other word for it but fucking horrendous. I mean it's 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 actually a disaster that they they ended up taking that I'm game. I'm pretty sure that's the that's the biggest discrepancy in the league so far of oh, shots to oh, goals on I'm, target. Like, don't don't it. I, I can say without a doubt that yeah it is. Uh, you've almost got 30 shots on shots to target, which is terrible. Now look, Wellington were very composed, and the fact that they actually ended up taking the point from the game, you could probably say was uh, was was um, an indication of just how well they've been working and perhaps, you know, weirdly, in a roundabout way, they deserved it. But they didn't. You know, Adelaide were really, really disappointing me in that, in that case. And, um, look, they got the points against, New- against Newcastle, but they should have made it two from two, uh, and they didn't. They really, so they really the, ought to pick the, up. The league needs a strong Adelaide because historically they have been quite strong. And just to see them in this lull is, you know, it is disappointing. They have potential... They have the players, but they have, or besides the strikers, they have they have, they have everything going for them. But it's just what needs to set them into motion. You know, if they if they keep on this level of mediocrity, I can see them slipping out of the six easily, mm. Mm. straight away. And I can see Wellington moving up into fifth, and then you have your the battle between say the Jets and the Wanderers for that final six spot, and Adelaide are going to miss out. Oh, I, I see parts of their game that that probably stand out. I mean, again. Um, you know, if you're if you're able to offer 32 shots um, for everything that isn't going right, there is clearly something that's that's going right there. I don't know, but um, you know, inconsistency, mediocrity, something needs to be done. Uh, we can probably put it down to a striker, but then chemistry problems um, need to be sorted out as well. Kurtz is still doing fairly well. Um, I won't pin him too down. I won't say anything naughty about him. Uh, doing his bit. Adelaide. Rumor has it that um, Daniel Adlong might be coming back to Adelaide. 
I remember reading it somewhere that um, he is, I think he's clubless or he hasn't played for his current club in a while and he's looking for a release and he's an option for Adelaide to come, for him to come back to, for, for the team. Well, he, he was, he left under fairly fiery circumstances last time around, didn't he? Yeah, it was, it wasn't the best, but um, like, it's just a rumor. So who, who knows what the actual pieces of truth too, but apparently he's looking to come back. And even the, uh, I even heard the Wanderers were kind of after him as well. But then again, Wanderers of um, their visa spots are filled up. So I don't know how that would work. Yeah. All right. We'll move on. Uh, the Mariners. Now we can sum this up fairly quickly. Broken post, uh, a kid with a toy gun in the crowd, uh, a seabird <laughs> in the in the seats that um, that uh, that uh, was breeding, and they couldn't actually seat any patrons around that area of, of the ground. I mean, how much of a farce was that game? That game, I have no idea what the hell was going on. No. Like, it's just that's probably the, one of the most shambolic games of the entire in the entirety of the A League that, that that I've seen. I've watched the A League from the from from its inception. But that had to be honestly one of the most shambolic games I've ever seen. Look, and it's and it's disappointing that this has to happen to the Mariners because I'm still of the opinion that um, Tommy Marcella just put too much weight on the net. The, the net the net breaking wasn't the case of all the Mariners have shit facilities. I really don't think that was the case. That, no, something no, like you that can't. Could, could happen anywhere in the world. He, it was it was a simple case of him just pressing too hard on the net and the and the and yeah. the ball came and the thing just snapped. Yeah, um, but but. You know the rest of it, uh, the organisation. You know, is a, uh, like we say, we say this every week. Where do you go <laughs> from now with the Mariners? It's 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 actually just they're still on two points. How long have they been on yeah. two points for? At least. <laughs> uh, so we're round, we're round eleven now. Yeah. They, I think I can't I can't even no. tell you. Maybe <laughs> they're, they're two draws. Last time they secured a draw, so that would have been like round four, round five. Oh Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's 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 a pretty abysmal record. Now, if they keep this, uh, let's say, percentage of win uh, accumulating points throughout the whole season, I think they're standing to finish worse than the New Zealand Knights as having the worst season in the A-League. They've already got the record of the worst start to the A-League, mm. but the New Zealand Knights have the worst season as a whole. How many com- uh, combined points was that from the Knights? Um... I'm not too sure. I think it was in it was in their last season. Maybe it was eleven. I'm not too sure. Maybe someone can 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 correct me yeah. there. But I think it was like eleven points. Yeah. Um. And uh, the Knights were pretty much an organisation that um were were set up to fail. So when you really look at that um and compare it with the Mariners at the moment, it's you know that well really... Charlesworth just rejected an eight point two million dollar takeover by an overseas consortium. Did he for, really? for the club? What? Yeah. So he straight out out of hand rejected it. And said that he wants to attract investment as opposed to um, direct uh, sale. Oh, so, come and on. he did release a lengthy, a lengthy email to the, all the Mariners members and fans, um, stating his intentions and what he wants to do with the club. Don't get me wrong; like the one, like Paul Lederer for the Wanderers released something similar, but you know, words are all good, but talk is very cheap. Action needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, um, uh, that kind of pisses me off a bit. Um, you know, they, the thing is, Gosford is actually a location that's very easy to sell, isn't it? You know, and... You got, got, got Gosford, I don't know if you've been, you've been over to Gosford, but, um, I love making the road trip up. No. It's a fantastic, it's a fantastic place to go to. It's... The stadium is fantastic. Um, the so... views are fantastic. The only thing is it's only got three, um... Stands as opposed to four because you got one that faces uh, the water, but 
it's a fantastic place to to sell, you know. Um, it's but it's just, I remember, yeah, it is very, I remember very when Luis Garcia signed. He said the first thing I did was show a photo of the stadium to my friends in Spain, and it's so picturesque. And I mean, you can honestly you can sell that for millions of dollars. And um, you know, Charlesworth, uh, you know, Millencamp for the for the sake of for the sake of Australian football, just fucking do something, you know, please, please. Um, I'm not talking yeah, about it, it, look, it's, it's actually getting now to a point where it's very embarrassing. Yeah. I feel I feel for the Mariners fans, I really do, but something needs to happen, and God knows it needs to happen like ASAP, unless we see probably the most embarrassing side of the A League in the A League's history. All right, uh, look, we'll move on to uh, to the ladder leaders, Perth, and uh, we're finishing off with uh, with your wondrous muscle. So we'll we'll get funnily enough to our two favourite clubs in the league, but uh, a Perth side uh, look. They've scored eight goals in two games, which, wow. Uh, how did that happen? Um, <laughs> the Mariners were an absolute fast. They capitalised on the result, and Brisbane capitulated as well. So, I mean, you know, they're, they're still getting by without being totally dominant, and uh, it actually is quite the sight, to be honest. But, jeez, um, uh, uh, I just don't know. I don't know if I can... Um, Overawed by a lot of the performances that they're putting in because um, you know there's still there's still so many questions to be asked and Popovich is actually you know I, I, when this started around about round four round five I was saying look they're just playing bad and getting the result look how strong they can be look look how composed they are um, but now it's just kind of a case of well why haven't you shown you know 100% yet why are you still relying on um, the unfor- the misfortunes of these two clubs as we've seen here and and, and why then um, are we relying on, on other sides to sort of give us the result? Um, it's not good enough, and um, I know it sounds really, really harsh, but I think you could even agree with me. They're not sh- they're not putting their foot down, and they're not being a dominant league leader. And- no, not. and that's the thing, and that's pretty indicative of Popper's sides as well. Like with the Wanderers, you know, we were season one, season two, we were pretty dominant, but we did not show our 100%. We were very slow starters, and all of a sudden we won the league, and in season two we were up there as well. Um, you know that, but that's just indicative of Popper's style. It's a very grinding out kind of results. Now, five, a five, five to four-two win against Brisbane, be it as it may, it is Brisbane. But you know, it, it took a handball and it took you know a sending off as well for was, you guys to kind of get kind of get back in the game. It was ten minutes, ten minutes, ten minutes of just absolute chaos from Brisbane, and the game was won. Yeah, um, exactly. So the, imagine if Brisbane had had held their heads, yeah. could you? Did you see yourself winning that game if Brisbane kept their cool? No, 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 no. I think that's it. I actually said to a few a few Glory friends, I said, look, this is this is a wake up call, isn't it? Um, you know, Jordan winning one nil style. This is a wake up call. We're actually going to make a, make a move now. We're actually going to do something, and, and Popovich is going to have to adjust his head because we shouldn't be. You know, maybe yeah, we're away from home, but Brisbane were the better side. Uh, we shouldn't be playing like that. And um, the Mariners were just too much of a farce for there to be anything taken away from that result. Fabio Ferreira, actually, I will say, was fantastic and glad to see him back on the scene and making a presence. Um, he uh, he stole the show on New Year's Eve, but the fact of the matter was he was playing against an opposition that was shooting themselves in the foot. And uh, and then um, who'd have thought that, you know, one week later we, we see an opposition quite literally capitulate and shoot themselves in the foot. Um, so I'm not convinced yet, and uh, it's not. I don't think it is a case of being snobbish because you know Perth have, uh, they're missing something, um, and the rest of the league are either inconsistent or just too much of a fast to be able to put up the fight. 
So do you see them winning at the, at the end of the season? Oh yeah, look, I still I, I see this holding up. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that we're gonna drop off and, and that we're shit or anything like that. Look, obviously Popper is very composed and the side are in a good stead. They're getting they're getting the goals for a reason. They're still playing well, you know. I'm not gonna take that away from them. But um, they're not doing it with any conviction. And um, I don't know. There's just something that that, that worries me about that. Um, well, fair enough. We've been running for quite a bit, so we won't keep it anywhere more. Uh, I guess you'll have a rant to to line up because if there's one thing. That, that really um, shows just where the Wanderers organisation is at. It's obviously the fact that the RBB stormed out um, against the victory, right? Against uh, the City. Sorry. Um, That's right. Yeah, yeah, on they, New Year's Day. Yeah. Now, look, I love the Wanderers. I really do. You know, before uh, Wanderers came in, didn't support anyone in the A-League at all. Or was a fan of the A-League. We never supported anyone. And, and, you know, luckily I, I have a team in my region that, um, you know, I, ha- I have to follow. I've traveled interstate. I've even traveled internationally, if you want to call Wellington internationally, to go uh, watch Wanderers play. I've invested a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of effort, a lot of faith into the club and into, into the team as well. Lately, you know, and this is reflective of a lot of fans, there is no heart in the team. There is no belief. There is no the want, the drive, the hunger, the need to go play. It's basically, we're here for a job. Let's do it and get out. And I think that was no more reflective than the result on New Year's Day against Melbourne City, the 2-0 loss. That game is probably one of the worst performances I've ever seen by the Wanderers. Yeah. We were, and still, they still were. We, it was, they had 10 men again. You know, we had 10 men against Adelaide and we couldn't do anything again. We couldn't do anything about it. There was absolutely no drive, no want, no impetus to go forward to actually get the game. To get the game by the scruff of its neck. Look, helped by the fact that Eugene Galekovic probably had the game of the season for a goalkeeper in that game. And he saved Riera's penalty. But still, I have, you know, no objections to what uh, RBB did. At all, you know, I'm 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 an active fan myself. I have no objections to what they did at, at their game, and I think when a club is struggling for its identity or starting to lose its identity, fans need to stand up and make their make their voices heard. You know, the the, the thing, the performance is one thing, and sides go through their periods, um, and you know, I'm 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 totally, you know, I'm like I'm okay with with uh, the Wanderers. You know, you say it was their worst performance ever, and I'm sure for you as a fan, that's frustrating. But like, I, I can I can be okay with that. It's more the fact that the organisation, the soul of the organisation, has been killed. A side that was the champions of Asia, a side that was selling out Parramatta Stadium, a side that was. You know, the, the, the heart of Australian football is now getting crowds of eight and 7,000. You know, it's, 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 it's a hard pill to swallow, isn't it? It's, it, oh, just, big time. Yeah. Big time. It's a very, it's a very dire situation. Um, and obviously the performance doesn't help. Um, and, you know, for everything that I've said about Southwest Sydney and uh, the Wanderers taking the year off, now, don't, you know, I, I, I'm not switching my tune on that. I still think it was harsh of the Wanderers to ask that Southwest Sydney get given an extra season. Um, uh, but, you know, I think Parramatta Stadium is actually going to struggle to be the fortress that all the fans want it to be now because the club has, um, has really had to struggle. And um, if, there's, if there's anyone that deserves plaudits for having to put up with this, it's Marcus Babel. Yep. I have no objection to what Marcus Babel is doing and what he's saying. 
You know, he can only work with what's in front of him because he only made two signings because that's literally that was available. Mm. He, he signed Bum Johan and he signed um, Patrick Ziegler, and now he's also signed Yeboah from um, Modern Gladbach uh, Reserves. Now, I think he will do well for the Wanderers, but they need to show some heart. They they showed it against Melbourne Victory, and I thought it was good. We were unlucky to lose the game 2-1 because... And it's it's indicative of our side. You know, we switch off literally for one second and the opposing team uh, hits us with a with, with counter-punch and we lost 2-1. You know, much better effort than against Melbourne City, but it's still not enough. You know, the fans, we want more. We, we need more from our side because we are a side that is competitive. We are a side that's hungry. We are fans that are passionate. You know, if you read the forums, if you read the Facebook comments, if you read anything related to the Wanderers, it's either, you know, uh, it demonstrates how much support and passion there is for this for this club and for this club to do well. I just hope that um, there can be some sort of reward coming to the stadium. You know, I uh, I hope that it, it does regenerate um, the the belief that the, that the locals have in the side. I think. You know, people in Parramatta will always be behind the Wanderers no matter what. But clearly, they're not showing up. They're not going. They're not wanting to to go to Olympic Park and go to these games for yeah. reason or another. It's 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 not it's not the the, the fact that the fans have uh, lost faith in the the idea of the club. Mm-hmm. Sydney Olympic Park is a is a shit hole. Sorry, like it's just absolutely bad to get to. You're playing low level games like against Melbourne City. You know, in a 80,000-seater stadium with, like, 8,000 people showing up. It's like a cave. It's, a, it's so cavernous. It's not funny. Mm, right? mm. And and Letterer put out the email in in the week saying, you know, we've got a new stadium coming. We've invested in a, in a youth academy, so therefore all your problems should be solved. I'm sorry, man. That's not how it works. You need to put your money where your mouth is, and we need the club to invest into the team. Do you know, and I, and I think it's I think it's it's just disappointing because when this side is firing, we just know how good it can be for the sport. But but on, on top of all of this, I think um, if if we can't if we can't solve this, if, if if we go back to Parramatta and the locals still have faith, but the side is misfiring and and, and one thing or another, um, if, if 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 the organisation can't actually seemingly get itself back on track with with one key indicator but not the other it's still going to be a problem and it's one that i think they're going to struggle to to really settle on for at least five six years the reason i'll say that is because if uh if you get if you get the fans back with the new stadium um that's great but then you'll be putting you'll be putting more of an emphasis on the things off the pitch and uh the side on the pitch probably won't be very good do you know do you know what i mean like you you, yeah yeah. there needs to be a balance of both look i couldn't to be fair how do I put this slightly? I don't care about the stadium. I care about the results on the pitch. Yeah, you know, it's, know it's, 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 it's nice to have a shiny new toy, don't get me wrong, but the, the glitz just, and the glamour of opening up a new stadium is going to fade, and yeah. eventually when the when all that fades, what's going to be left is the results. I just, put, I just put so much of an emphasis on that because I think the, the, the Wondrous organisation are going to want to use it as some sort of tool to let other things that are a clear problem slide. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they're, yeah. they're, they're going to use it as a smokescreen. Yeah. And 
us Wanderers fans, we we know what's going on. It's we know that this it's it's being used as a smoke screen. And, and we need to and that smoke needs to be cleared, and we need to go through. Equal parts with that, the FFA and the A League won't really want to butt in or do anything about it either, because they know it's a good look for them as well. So exactly. we're going to be stuck in a situation where they're going to think that subpar is good. When in the past they weren't they weren't the sort of people that did. That. Um, I'm referring to the Wanderers here. You know they wanted the best and they accepted the best and they're going to go, they're going to go back to Paramount and accept subpar performances whether it be on or off the pitch and it's it's not it's not it's not it's not good. So something it's not, it's not a good image for the no, league. Something has to be done and we want the organisation to be to be that that proud leader around the ball that it's once. Uh, that it once was. Um, and, you know, in terms of away teams drawing people, we're now in a position where I think more people want to see the likes of Safred Singh, uh, Steve Phoenix, than they've seen the Wanderers from the Wanderers. And it's, yeah. it's, it's a miracle that we're even saying that the Phoenix are more of a draw than the Wanderers. Who'd have thought three years ago that we'd be saying that? You know? it's Yeah, definitely. definitely. Like, even from the beginning of the season, yeah. definitely not. Look, Marcel, it's been a really, really long show today. I think uh, we've had a lot, of, uh, a lot of things to point out. The league... Is unfortunately reaching its its stale period, um, but we just hope that um, you know once this summer period is done with and once the schedule gets back up, maybe we can read more life into the schedule and, and even our show, even with uh, with um, all the disruptions that we've been having and, and the Asian Cup. Hopefully, the soccer can get back on board with the Asian Cup and the A League can just go back to to, to being less mediocre. Um, and then eleven, uh, they really they really did sum up that uh, the A League is uh, is really not uh, the pinnacle of so many organisations and and um, and people that run sport um, in a bit of strife. But um, look, as much as the wonder in this hole right now, you 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 you, you support. You, I think people in Parramatta will always do better than people in Perth. Um, <laughs> side round, I'll just do quickly. Channel Seven, Channel we you know that Channel Seven, hey dog, Seven West, Channel Seven Media West have actually started publishing a lot of pro A League stuff. So the scene, the soccer scene in, in WA is going to boom for the next few months, and it'll be headlined by by the glory, hopefully getting a final up to Sim. So if there's one thing uh, that we're going to be disappointed about, the Mariners downfall, the Raw's downfall, the Wanderers downfall, the scene in WA is alive and well. So let, let that be let that be a note worth taking in. Anyway, well there we go. Yeah, look, that uh, that'll do us for around ten eleven. Um, Thank you very much for, for having to put up with this. I know you've, uh, you've been kind of sick and you've had a lot to put up with this week, uh, Marcel, but um, I do thank you. That's all good. Once again, and uh, yeah, good uh, goodbye. And thanks to you for, for listening to that. It was a bit of a marathon show. We did have a lot to cover, but we got it done. So uh, yeah, that, that'll do it for full time for rounds 10 and 11. We'll see you, I guess, next week at some point. No, we'll see you in three days for the Asian Cup. I'm sorry. All right. All right. See you later, guys. Yeah, have a good us. one. Have a good one. This has been the Full Time Podcast. Thanks for listening. And make sure you tune in again next week as we wrap up another round of A-League action.